This is HomePod Defense Squad for Monday, March 23rd, 2020. Hit it. HPDS, your number one source for all things tech news from the good to the bad to the vapor. Joining me, as always, is the chairman of the GameStop Board of Directors in Rochester, New York, Mr. Evan Hirsch. Hi, Joe. Evan, we've been locked up for quite some time well, now. How are you holding up there? Well, Joe, you know, you're some the past few weeks have been absolutely crazy for me you know like you think you you think like you know okay you 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 watch videos of it right you're thinking about like oh you know what if i what if it what if it happens right what if it actually goes through but you know you never think it actually will happen you never actually like prepare for the eventuality it'll never happen to me sure it'll never happen to me <laughs> which is why it was all the more shocking when I purchased a HomePod, <laughs> I, it finally happened to me, Joe. Oh, God. Evan. It finally happened. Evan. You know, the greatest <laughs> event in the world. Evan, Evan. <laughs> All right, Evan. The biggest event of the 21st century. All I right. bought a HomePod. Hold on, Evan, because, y- you know, that yes. was like the joke. Sure. <laughs> that was we we kind of based like, the, the title and the RSS feed and the whole yeah. branding of the podcast around the whole like ah ironically <laughs> HomePod Defense Squad because who the who the fuck would ever defend the HomePod because <laughs> it's such a shitty product. And Me. You, you kind of. So yeah. I I don't I don't know First where off, we like go. Hold on. From here. First off, let's clear the air. This was my brand. I built it Microsoft Paint all by myself. It took me like 10 whole minutes to draw those eyeglasses out by hand. I was really proud of it. Um and yes, it was that, you know, these idiots are such apple shills that they'll probably defend the home. And you know what? I will. <laughs> As it turns out, we actually will defend the home on the HomePod today on HomePod Defense Squad. I defend the HomePod. I've been using this thing for two, three weeks now. I don't know. We're we're in the biggest event to happen in the 21st century. Probably the most significant like cultural moment to happen, like that you and I can remember. Anyone like born if anyone born in the mid to late 90s is like, oh, man, sure. I remember 9-11. They're a fucking liar. This is the first like major thing that like actually happened where you can where we're we're, like cognizant. Right. Like and 50 years from now, people are going to be like asking their parents mm -hmm. like, Dad, where were you when Evan bought a HomePod? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and um and his dad's going to answer, I was I was at home jack and like the the I don't know, man. It's the HomePod itself. Let's talk about the HomePod, Joe. Um because do you know why I bought a HomePod? I 
I honestly cannot possibly imagine why you would buy a home. One, I've never used one. And I've always, you know, I always wanted to try. Two, the um the Google Home Max is bad. Okay, we know this. Um, no, we didn't. No one said anything about this. <laughs> no one, no one said anything about this. I bought one being like, oh man, this is gonna be basically like a Sonos. All right, set the stage. I'm a Sonos fanboy. You've probably never heard anyone say those words or have those words come out of their mouth before, but I'm gonna say it right now. I love Sonos. I love the play ones, the threes and the fives. I love the sound bars, the beam and the fucking play bars. I love, I even love the Sonos amp, the Sonos amp, which I own. Um, but I, mm, I wanted uh, Siri. This is amazing because we spend like, <laughs> shut up. Don't talk to me, Siri. Don't actually, no. I can't say her name now. She's listening. This is amazing um, because we spend like 80% of our time on this show talking about how we don't really want voice assistance. And yet the entire reason that you picked the HomePod over a Sonos speaker is Siri. Okay. Well, that's kind of a, a, not true. So <laughs> I realized a few things. One, I don't actually give a shit about playing music with my voice. I am okay with hitting a button on my phone and doing it. I've been doing it on my phone for years. It's how I play music to my AirPods, and I'm okay with playing music to a speaker like that. Two, uh, it was $100 off, so I got it for $250, which is basically $50 more than a Sonos one already. Um, I forget the actual specifications of each one off the top of my head right now, but I know that the HomePod has way more audio drivers. So the Sonos series until the play until the play one or the so what's been rebranded as the Sonos one, they threw a microphone and everything in there and, you know, Google assistant, and all that shit. Uh, how Sonos used to label their products was the number of the product was like the amount of audio drivers it had in it. The Play 3 had three audio drivers. The Play 5 had five audio drivers. Um, then came a, a, to name a system with two audio drivers, and they're just like, that's the Play 1. <laughs> no, Sure, whatever. Right. So the Play 1 has two audio drivers. Um, the HomePod and those audio drivers are facing forward, right? Like the Play is a is a forward-facing audio driver speaker. Like they're not designed to fill a room without stereo pairing them. Now, if you do stereo pair them, they sound fucking incredible. I love it. But a stereo pair play one uh, or just Sonos one speaker set is like $400. So I figured, okay, I want something just for my bedroom. I'm never putting more than one speaker in my bedroom. I need something that's AirPlay 2. Uh, and it would be kind of cool like to fuck around at the HomePod. And if I hate it, I'll sell it. So I bought a HomePod. And the audio quality on this thing compared to the home max is like phenomenally better. So the home max is bad. <laughs> like, so it's, it's, it's just, so, so the, so the audio at the end of the day, the audio quality is just significantly better than the audio quality. I can't. So I wish I had my play ones next to me. My play ones are downstate at my mom's. 
I wish I had them. I mean, they're not even mine, technically. I just call them mine because they're my children. And I, I wish I had one right next to me so I could actually, like, test the audio quality of each. But from just my own memory, the HomePod sounds so fucking good by itself. Like, it is probably the best... For, for its size and its price range, the best individual speaker I've gotten. I mean, and this like, shouldn't surprise because uh, Apple basically designed and then marketed this as pretty much just a speaker. Well, because that's what it was, right? Like, I don't know if you know the development story of this thing, but basically it was they were looking to compete with Sonos. They literally were like, we want to make our own Sonos speaker. And then like the Echo came out and they're like, fuck. Yeah, it, it, it was it was designed as a direct competitor to Sonos. It wasn't really yeah. designed as a competitor to like the Echo or the Google Home because Siri can't really compete in that space. It, it, yeah, it's, and it's a Sonos with like, I don't know, three or four extra little gizmos inside. Yeah, and but those gizmos are super cool. Um, and it exists within the Apple ecosystem, which it is does. pretty much what sells it for anyone who there's some cool stuff about it um things i like about it phone calls phone calls if you're the type of person who like does phone calls or facetime audio or whatever like you can literally hit the speaker button and like how you transfer something to your airpods or whatever you transfer it to a home pod so and like question before yes. you go any farther, how's the audio from the other end of the call? Have you tested that yet? I haven't tested that yet, but the people who I've been on a phone call with have not said anything. Like, I've heard no complaints. We should test that uh, at some point. I'd be interested. We definitely should. It's So there's basically Apple, even on Apple's worst products, like, they're, they, they do this really... They just make really nice feeling devices in terms of user interface, in terms of the way that it reacts to the things you does you do, et cetera. Like it's got this little fucking like LCD panel thing on the top that just kind of like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to describe it other than it's just kind of like a Siri orb. And like it reacts uh, when you like say things, when you put a phone call on it, it's lighting up green on the top. So you know that there's a phone call there. Like, you know how you have the, the green light up circle on the top left of your phone? Like that's Apple's like design language for you're in a fucking call, idiot. And that's what the HomePod does too. It's just a giant green circle just saying you're in a fucking call, idiot. And it's really nice. The coolest feature of the HomePod, there is one thing, and this is a system seller. It's actually the thing that convinced me to buy a HomePod was I was one day in the settings app of my iPhone. And in the settings app, I was looking at handoff because I was like, man, I haven't been in this menu in five years. <laughs> and in that menu was a thing that says, allow handoff to HomePod. When you put your phone near the top of your HomePod, we'll transfer whatever was playing from the phone to the HomePod and vice versa. And my brain was like, wait, that's actually fucking great. So you're telling me I can come in from work, play music in my car, just fucking have my phone that's still playing the music, just touch it to the top of my HomePod, and it just, boom, airplays the music there. And I don't have to think about it. I don't even have to open my phone or do shit. And that's how it works. That is... So now here's my follow-up question. Is that yeah. something that requires app integration so can i nope. do that with say pocket casts yep 
it just it literally will once you do it it just airplays whatever you're doing to the home pod it's interesting because we'll get into that later but some of mm-hmm. these features uh require a lot of app integration right now if you're looking at this thing and you're like oh man i can't wait to like use siri okay so first of all the idea that someone just couldn't wait to use siri is um kind of i've i know uh, it's hilarious the truth is it was me and the reason being i hate multiple voice assistants but you know my iphone can only really do one and it's siri and like you're never going to be able to send text messages uh with my with your fucking um with the google assistant on your on your iphone and i was like all right i want to try to at the very least to kind of like consolidate these fucking oh shoot
Right. Uh, Discord so, crashed. All right. We're back. Hello. Yep. Hi. What was I saying? Uh, something, something. Siri is not so great. Oh, yeah. So I just want one voice assistant. I don't even give a shit if it's Siri. Like, sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> fine. I'll take Siri at this point. Just fucking leave me alone. <laughs> the, that's the, the problem thing here's the other thing i don't even necessarily just want one voice assistant i just want one wake word <laughs> yeah like i just like i just I want only do certain things where like oh well the amazon echo is in the kitchen so i can only do these things in the kitchen and the google home's upstairs so i can only do these things upstairs but i really yeah. just only want to have to say one wake word right i just so I was thinking, I'm like, fuck it, sure. You know what? Maybe I'll have an apartment and I'll have two rooms and I'll have two fucking home pods, and that's just what I'm gonna do with my life. Right? Um here's why I've decided against that from now. <laughs> so I use Spotify. All right, sure. I like I've already made this concession with the home pod. This isn't a fucking smart speaker. Like, if you think of the home pod not as a competitor to the um google home on the voice assistant thing like if you're not even comparing it which you shouldn't don't compare this to a google home don't compare this to an echo it's not as good as those things at doing what you want to do um it's not as good as either of them in terms of answering questions or doing any of the shit it is however um as good as a sonos if not a little bit better in terms of audio quality. Here's the reason I'm probably never getting another one, though. I'm going to buy Sonos speakers, and I'm going to be in that ecosystem. So why would I buy another HomePod? They've got, like, an app. <laughs> I mean, look, it's all literally, like, every single day I wake up, I get out of bed, and I just think, all right, time to balance my products and figure out how I'm going to manage all these different fucking ecosystems. How am I going to do it? The answer for about a year and a half has been home assistant. <laughs> Maybe that'll just continue um, forever. But honestly, it's getting increasingly difficult to remember uh, what connects to what and what goes where and what's already connected and what isn't set up. And so here's here's my thing. All right. Am I actually defending the home pod? Not really. Can you make fun of me for owning a home pod until the end of the earth, baby? But um. That's good, because I intend to. All right, that's fine. Sure. Um, but you know what? It's a pretty good speaker. The audio quality is phenomenal. The tuning is great. It might be a little overtuned in the bass section, but like whatever. Um, it's real fucking good. The, the audio quality is like 50 times better than the Home Max, which is like three times the size. Oh, yeah. So let's not... The thing is small as shit. It is small. It is Sonos One small. You know, it's I remember like, seeing this. It it's a really small device, and it's uh, but it's dense. Like it's 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 very small, chunky. Yeah, yeah. It's it's small. It's loud. It's a gorgeous fucking product. Just don't expect. Just don't expect too much out of it, other than a really great sounding speaker to airplay your music to. That's it. Um, like think about just that's literally all you're gonna get out of it. It's um, however, don't pay over two hundred fifty dollars for it. I do not think it is worth over two hundred fifty dollars ever. 
We can basically put the HomePod up on the shelf with other ridiculously stupid things that Evan has bought, uh, I, well, a la the Ember Mug. Are you going to tell me right now that like you think me purchasing a HomePod is like dumber than buying Snap Spectacles? Are you going to really I, like? I mean, it's are you boy Evan? It's it's up there, man. <laughs> it's good like the difference between snap spectacles is i use them for like a solid three days and i'm like and then they broke and i'm like haha no it, it's and not as dumb as the second time that you bought snap spectacles but i never bought them a second time as dumb as the first time i you bought snap i never bought them a second time hold up <laughs> point of order i did not buy snap spectacles a second time i've said a lot that i was gonna buy them a second time <laughs> But I never did. And there's a good reason for that. And that's they make me look dumb. And I'm never going to wear that's that's what makes you look dumb. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to go there right now. (laughs) Right. All right. Right. Right here. Right now. We're going to air this dirty laundry on the show, Joe. (laughs) Um, Fuck. I don't know. It's it's cool. Maybe pick one up. Maybe don't. It's nice. Probably don't. Probably don't. Yeah. Honestly. Um, oh yeah, there's two problems with it. <laughs> Wait. So yeah. It doesn't have an auxiliary input. Oh, that's right. I forgot about this. It doesn't have an auxiliary input because they only want you to airplay to it. Right. I I okay. And it also doesn't have Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah, like I said, because they only want you to airplay to it. And airplaying to it sounds really fucking good though. Right. Well, it's it, it's some sort it's some sort of proprietary technology. Yes. And so I imagine it's slightly it's slightly I'm not going to call it slightly more lossy. I'm going to call it slightly less lossy. Um, yeah. Than traditional Bluetooth. Um, right. But again, that doesn't totally explain like the lack of an auxiliary board. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, it absolutely doesn't. Like, I wish they just threw a throw a fucking headphone jack in there. Like, I don't need Bluetooth, sure, but like that, that one just sounds like um, the designers were like, no, we want it to be a seamless, circular, cylindrical experience with no divots. Yeah, this is definitely like from Johnny Ive. You are you are um, orbiting. You are orbiting the cil- the cylinder. It literally with looks no, like the spaceship with no campus. Discernible beginning or end. It literally looks like the spaceship campus. And an auxiliary port would disrupt the flow. It would. And you know what? That's like I would have loved that. But yeah, you can't even unplug the cable from the back. You know that, right? <laughs> like the cable's like jacked in there. It's like a ribbon. God, oh God, what a fucking disaster of a it's not hardware. It's so good. Oh, it's such a disaster, Evan. I shut the fuck up. I uh, honestly I forgot how horrible I forgot how horrible the home pod was until we really started digging into no, it. No, and now I'm not, remembering that it's really bad. <laughs> it's not bad. It's good product. It's, it's just not incredible. It's a no, it's a really bad product. <laughs> no, Joe. It's a good speaker. It's like, like as a speaker, like doing its job, it's good. It's just, that's all you. That's all you need from it. It's just it's better. It's 
bad. Like it's, no, it's a better sounding speaker than like my than than a Sonos One for basically fifty dollars like more. The two things in the perfect little vacuum that they've invented for it to do those two things in. It can add great. things to the reminders app on my phone. But it can send text messages. <laughs> Actually, no. It can <laughs> other other third party apps can plug into. It. There's like a Siri API for it. There's been that now. It's called like the Siri Lists API or something. And it's been out for a few years. I would imagine that the only thing, the only app out there that is hooked into that API is uh, the Moleskin app things actually also is hooked into okay. it i i was gonna say i bet you i can i bet you i can list all of them but you are right yeah actions is hooked <laughs> into it anyways um let's move on to other shit i just it, it made i think it made sense for me to talk about the home pod for a while wow, but um anyways really nerdy that like that got really apple nerdy like it was i mean already, look, i knew it was gonna be apple nerdy but that guy's uh, really apple nerdy we're, the show's gonna get way more apple nerdy later but uh, let's let's talk about the other headlines um yeah um, okay so let, let's acknowledge yeah. the fact that we've been trapped in our homes for what like yeah. a week and a half now <laughs> so let's acknowledge the elephant in the room um Evan you know like world war two you know world war two remember that no you didn't you were dead or not alive. Let's not get into theology. The World War II is the craziest shit to happen in the history of the world for a long ass time, except maybe 9-11, right? But you don't remember this. Okay. The world's fucking crazy right now. If you're listening in the future, where we're all scavenging for scraps and fucking masks and toilet paper, hello! We're at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic of 2020. We're sorry um, that we used all the toilet paper. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry that you have to use eaten corn cobs like Mike Huckabee said. But you know what? End of the day, it's resourceful. Now, the, <laughs> the fucking... Um, we're all trapped in our rooms. Everyone's working from home. Joe and I, our graduation's been canceled. <laughs> everything, everything's canceled. So everything's canceled. Like literally, everything. literally every single thing has been canceled. So roll back. Um, what what is it? Three weeks now. Um, yeah. So so pre like pre social distancing campaign. Um, back when the only people really talking about this were like way on the outskirts, like super plugged into very specifically like very specific tech circles and basically like re very specific reporter reporter circles um mm. so like this this was about when you started seeing like um microsoft starting to look at like okay well what are we going to be doing for like this month and next month and um, like South by Southwest still wasn't canceled. Um, and like, so I, I mean, oh, literally mm -hmm. since then, everything is now canceled. Every single yeah. Microsoft event is canceled. Every tech event right. has been canceled. The only thing that has occurred since then are is RSA. And that's because RSA was literally in progress. <laughs> 
Yeah, RSA was in progress and someone got infected from it. It's pretty great. Um, there RSA are now... is basically ground zero in the United yeah. States. Isn't that funny as shit? Um, <laughs> the security the conference. All right, but yeah, anyways, it's it's the the conference that's about wait for it threat assessment. <laughs> um. Ooh, anyways, uh, I don't know. It's it's so fucked. So one thing I did want to talk about before we go any farther, uh, yeah. E3 got canceled. Uh, so this <sighs> yeah. actually came after Activision had already backed out. I think Sony had already backed out. Nintendo yep. doesn't go to E3 anymore. They go to it. They have a show floor presence. They have a they show just floor, do- but they don't have a uh, presentation. They do their online presentation. They do their Nintendo right. Direct presentation. So for, for all intents and purposes, they're at E3. They're just... Doing, right. not doing a presentation they're at right. e3 but they're not at at e3 um right so uh i put this out um the literally the day of like within minutes of them announcing that they were canceling e3 but mm-hmm. what do you think of this possibility e3 has not been as much the place to be in the pre- in recent years as it was in previous years Oh yeah. This, what does this mean for E3? Do do you think this it's is dead. D- d- that's that's what I was thinking. Like is it is this enough to finally kill E3? For sure. Um <laughs> I I am genuinely concerned that missing a year for E3 and I wonder if they did this calculus when they went to kill it. Um mm-hmm. and, and I mean, I mean obviously obviously at this stage like right here on March 23rd. We know there's literally no way they could possibly have E3, but a mm-hmm. week ago when they were canceling E3, they might have had a glimmer of hope. Um Yeah, no. I mean, it's cuz I mean, so but, much has yeah. happened in the past 7 days. I mean, so much has happened in the past 7 days. It's there crazy. There were periods yeah. of like 30 minutes where 2 weeks worth of news came out. Um, yeah, I don't even know what's going on. We basically we're in a we're in a dark spot where we have no idea how long this thing's going to last for. Um, no one does. It could last one month. It could last eight months, right? We don't fucking know. And, uh, but basically, you know, events a while out have kind of had to cancel because like no one wants to travel. Um, but going back, yeah, shut down E3. So E3, I think existed because of the press e3 was a press show it was a press event it was designed so the gaming new uh the gaming like media and everything right could um uh the gaming media can see what's coming out over the course of that year uh that gaming publishers and console manufacturers could do their uh conferences and basically present to the whole media and just have this huge fucking journalism news blast uh, but the channels have changed. The game developers talk directly to their consumers now. Um, there's, there, it isn't like when was the last time you went to IGN? That's true. Like when no, was the last no time? Kidding. Yeah, because E three is E three. It's not E three that's died. It's IGN that's dead. Like you don't fucking go to their website anymore. Like what? You, you do you get your Overwatch news from Polygon? No, you get it from the Overwatch Twitter. You get your Nintendo news from the Nintendo Twitter and from like Nintendo's Twitch channel when they do directs like you get like that's well, companies have direct to consumer relationships now. And not only that, but like the whole the, 
having everything on one big day is a disadvantage in the online world. There's only so much fucking information any person can consume. So when you're actually like announcing like literally everything within the course of a week, shit just tends to get lost. So what's the advantage of that? Well, back then it was that, oh man, here's an IGN reporter. Like I'm going to fucking talk to them and maybe I'll like run a story or like fucking Game Informer will run a story or something on it. Put me in their magazine. That's not the fucking case anymore. Like, again. So let me, let me pose this possibility to you. Yeah. You you see this in the tech industry where, um, so like Microsoft, Apple, uh, whoever, um, these are massive companies who put out an insane number of products. I mean, the public doesn't see half of these products, more than half sure. of these products, because most of them are in the enterprise space. Um, mm-hmm. And so you have reporters working the enterprise beat. Yeah. Um, and so when it comes to consolidating all this news, you've got places like The Verge and Protocol and whatever who sort of just funnel it into one little rss feed style thing but you also have um you know very specific mac sites and very specific android sites do we maybe start to see things like that start to crop up and maybe in the coming years uh this is a chance for e3 to sort of restructure itself in a way where it can actually return to being a press only event because in the past years E3 is really definitely expanded into not being a true press event because it is oh, I think, definitely more of a public event than it was in past in the past. Oh, I think that's how it survives. Um, I think E3 E3 just doesn't die by becoming packs. And, and I think I, I think what it needs to do is it needs to realize, hey, we can't be we can't continue to be a convention. We, we can't continue to be a convention in the sense that PAX is a convention. We need to be a convention in the sense that this is work um no these journalists are coming here to get stories uh so uh. they need to communicate directly with the developers and i mean i don't know if i agree with that like what's gonna happen okay here's what's gonna happen is like okay disclaimer blah 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 i work for microsoft not xbox i don't know what they're doing i don't speak for them and whatever i love you phil um like all right so the big dogs in the gaming industry are microsoft sony and nintendo right nintendo's already pulled their conference out sony hasn't done shit for a bit um last time they did stuff they basically asked a bunch of people to file out of a tent for 15 minutes that was really stupid um and actually that was the thing right I I kind of remember then like being shocked, like why the fuck are they doing a 15 minute pause on a live stream while they're having like Colin Moriarty talk about fucking like psychonauts or something stupid. Um, And like that was because, you know, you have like what? Okay. Five or like a thousand people in that room, right? You've got a thousand people in that room. Okay. Why are you making them shuffle from like a tent that you specifically built to watch a trailer for The Last of Us to like the actual hall and make the hundreds of thousands of people watching your live stream wait? (laughs) (laughs) Was that worth it for you? And like, 
I, that's the thing is the online event of E3, which is what apparently they're doing, is they're moving it to an online event. The online event of E3 is a significantly bigger deal than the fucking expo itself because that's what E3 is. We don't get our E3 news secondhand. We get it directly from the source. We're watching the E3 Twitch channel. We're watching like Twitch's like 24-hour live stream coverage. We're in Discord servers with friends, yada, yada. Yeah, I mean, I literally cannot remember the last time that I got my news by reading E3 posts. I, I I get all the news that I care about by literally watching E3. And then mm-hmm. I remember things that I forgot by reading roundups. I mean, I read the roundups just if I'm like, I'd been, I was working that day, you know, yeah. and I wasn't able or, to watch the live stream. I'll usually just go to YouTube because honestly, yeah. I, I'll just put it on in the background, but um, that's fair. So yeah, either I, I way, mean, the alternative to that is, um, almost doing something, um, almost uh campaign style like presidential campaign style where now what these journalists are going to be doing is they're going to be uh sort of uh or what these news conglomerations are going to be doing is they're going to be sending these journalists to you know x location where um you know sony or nintendo or whomever have set up a pop-up and they're going to be covering it from that location Mm-hmm. Uh, which it, it works out a lot better for Sony or whoever is setting up the pop-up, but it also doesn't work out so great for E3. So E3's path forward is dicey. <laughs> I think it is dicey. I think, honestly, the death of E3 didn't start with the coronavirus outbreak. It started when Microsoft revealed the fucking Series X at the Game Awards last year. That like, wasn't the first time. I, I well, mean, no, but like it was, it was kind of the. Be- everyone's like, "What the shit?" That's not when you reveal a console. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. not when you do it. Like, everyone's like, "Wait," and you know, not uh, like. I'm a big fan of what the Xbox team's been doing with the fucking reveals and everything for the new Xbox because it's kind of just been like, "Hey." There's no tech news right now. Let's throw out some cool Xbox shit and everyone's going to be all over it. And they just have. And they've just been dominating the conversation because of it, like pretty frequently. Like until about a week ago, the most information we had about the PS5 this year was the fact that the logo looks exactly the same. That's another big Um, signifier is that PlayStation just doesn't care. They like their their big announcement of the PlayStation 5 is they're like, hey, we're making a PlayStation 5. You already knew that, though. And then they're like, here's the specs. Take them. Yeah, I mean, don't care. I think, and this is, okay, this is even even before, you know, Microsoft, I work there, or will work there, and all that stuff. Like, I was always a bigger fan of Xbox than PlayStation, and I think what what this shows from, like, year, oh, I, I like them both a lot, but what I think they Xbox and the Xbox One base initial sales, um, two to well they were selling one xbox for every two ps4s right something along the i think that was less of like sony doing a good job marketing it and just the xbox one not being actually um i think what's happening sony sony 
to market the PS. So I think like, part of the problem that, um, well, I, I, I think one of the big things that Sony has got to do um, going forward with the PlayStation Five is that they've got to they've got to make it they've got to show us why it stands out in comparison to the series x because right now there's really no compelling reason to purchase it compared to the series x um with the ps4 um yeah exactly with the ps4 we knew immediately that hey the P- first of all, well, I mean, first of all, <laughs> the Xbox One, we knew that we were buying a DVR and nobody really wanted a DVR at that time because I believe when the Xbox One uh, came out, TiVo was still a thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, I really are. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, the other thing that the <laughs> PS4 had was that it, was it had exclusives and that's kind of what PlayStation has always had was PlayStation has basically always had way better exclusives than um, anything on the Xbox platform, barring Halo. I mean, that's basically the only exclusive Halo. worth buying in Xbox Four. Forza um, Horizon Four is actually the ever made. Whatever you say. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, there is a mode. In- Do you know what it is? Joe, racing game battle royale, and it actually is so good. <laughs> so uh, it's how it works. Okay, <laughs> how it works? You fucking rush. You're running around finding like little like plumes of smoke where you can like pick up like higher level like cooler cars, right? When you go next to someone, if you honk a horn, you challenge them to a 1v1 race. It puts a random point on the open world map, and the first person to get there, like, you can get there however you want. You can fucking, like, run over grass fields or whatever. The first person to get there wins the race, gets an upgraded car, and the other person gets eliminated. Astounding. Okay. It's so good. Anyways, yeah. It fucking... I'm sorry. I just love Forza Horizon 4 so much. I could not have you disparage that game. Um, yeah, PlayStation's like, okay, there's a reason I bought a PS4, end of the day. Um, and that is that, like, well, shit, I want Uncharted. <laughs> like, I, I got a slightly off track from E3, uh, but yeah, the point well, is that uh, I, I do think that this signals uh bad thing rough times ahead for e3 if not possibly the end for e3 uh i i'm really interested to see what the next few months look like especially if um you know Mm -hmm. the uh coronavirus situation continues through the summer um it well because there's the possibility that they could always well, they're probably not going to hold a delayed one because obviously all the announcements are made. Um, so yeah. what it looks like next year is. It's going to die. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, it, it's fucking scary time to be an E3 organizer. Well, hold on. Let me shake up the magic eight ball. Outlook not good. So. <laughs> uh, so uh let's uh let's transition sort of 
back into tech because actual tech yeah you you and i are both in development so we we yes. basically we like you said we've been working from home um and that's mm-hmm. easy like literally i yeah. i i'm in rochester i got the email um my boss was like yeah so your job pretty much always could have been remote um <laughs> so hmm uh here's a vpn um i'll see you later uh (laughs) incredible that's so good yeah it's just it's i love all the bullshit popping up now where everyone was like oh yeah your job could have been remote all along i was just lying like that's been great i i mean with that that it's also like that's a fact of being like an engineer like then that's that's what i do that's that happens to be what i do for the school is like i do development work for the school um Mm -hmm. but for other people um who work in other industries and other particular jobs they're realizing oh wow so you mean that all of this could have actually been done as an email or a three-minute zoom call (laughs) yep incredible yes isn't it and amidst all of that uh google has realized that maybe now is not a great time to destabilize everyone's browser engine so they yeah. have sort of i i've been calling it like taking the CentOS model uh yeah <laughs> to the google chrome browser where they're like where they've just like frozen the google chrome browser and just no new features it is and they're yeah. just keeping it stable they're like so yeah a lot of things depend on this though so more than just the chrome browser right like chrome os is frozen too yeah I, as well as the new microsoft edge yeah so this is quite literally the centos model in the case of yeah. chrome os where so for people who aren't familiar with centos it is a red hat version of um a Red Hat distro of Linux um, based on uh, Debian, which is basically available for a license fee. And it is frozen. It has extended uh, security support um, and several other features. And the idea Mm -hmm. is you put this on a box as extended support and it's not gonna change. Never. The the idea is that it will just be there and it will be supported for longer than your standard um, operating system. So you don't have to touch it for, you know, seven or eight years or however long um, a CentOS version is good for. Um, and yeah. that's, that's basically what Chrome is doing or Google is doing with Chrome and Chrome OS for the time being, which is a really good idea uh and other browser or other other browsers have been sort of following that microsoft edge is doing that now uh no word from mozilla i don't think yeah i don't know i mean i'd be shocked if like i i i I think all the companies should do this too the last thing i think anyone wants to do is release big updates changing you know the entire say, for example, interface of one of the most utilized work from home apps. Good thing no one's done that. (laughs) Not a soul. (laughs) Not a single company has done that right now. 
Good. Good. Yep, great. Um, but no, this makes sense. This is the right move. Hopefully other browsers follow suit. Safari's probably going to follow suit because it already doesn't get updated ever. I Actually, I was just about to say that. I'm like, now that I think about it, I don't recall receiving any Mozilla updates in a pretty long time. So. Yeah. I mean, isn't Mozilla... Mozilla is a distributed company Fire, anyways, Firefox right? updates. I, I keep saying Mozilla updates. Yeah. Um, like I mean, Fire, the, Mozilla's distributed anyways, right, as far as companies go. Like, I know DuckDuckGo is distributed. Like, yeah. DuckDuckGo doesn't have a central office. Like, they're just 100-something people all working online remotely. Uh, yeah, as far as I know. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyways, it's that's the move. Don't update shit right now, please. Uh, yeah, don't don't update things. Um, it, now, yeah. now is it now is a great time to just turn off auto updates. Oh, yeah. Just try not to honestly try not to break anything. Um, just 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 chill. Just get what little work you can get done done um and feel good that you got literally any single thing done working oh, yeah. remote is hard um if you're not used to it some people like it more like i don't understand it i from granted i've never actually really worked remote before i'm working so i'm doing like schoolwork remote and it's kind of a interesting thing because i'm not working i'm not doing software real software engineering right now remotely mm-hmm. um so I schoolwork yeah. remote is almost impossible. Like full-time schoolwork remote is almost impossible. Yeah. In my opinion. Like I, That's I why genuinely they... do think it is almost, if not truly impossible. Um oh, yeah. but I I have a deep enjoyment for uh like working full-time remotely. Oh, I have a deep enjoyment for the it. fact that we now have the ability to switch our classes to pass fail on oh, the very God. last day. Thank do you know god um what it, my friend andrew and i think i've told you this before oh actually i can't say all right damn it i said his name yeah. never mind i'm not telling anyone what he said <laughs> good job uh i'll give context <laughs> to the other thing you said though um our our school uh has announced that we will be able to literally up to the very last day of classes toggle between our standard um applied to the gpa um grading scale or mm-hmm. a simple satisfactory pass didn't pass <laughs> and for the record that satisfactory pass didn't pass does not affect your gpa <laughs> which which by the way means that somewhere out there there is a last semester senior who mm-hmm. in the fall semester qualified their GPA for summa cum laude. Yep. So now they've switched all their classes to pass fail and have ceased all work. <laughs> That's most of my friends. <laughs> um, Yeah imagine imagine working like five years to become like a summa cum laude and you don't even get a graduation to feel superior to people like fucking me <laughs> you fucking idiot what an absolute buffoon like you think that on that piece of paper it matters that much oh man it's great 
Anyways, there's there's been some other interesting news involving this shit this week. What else you is there? Fool, you absolute buffoon. You, you cretin. <laughs> oh man, there. I I honestly just want to talk more about this, but I I can't yeah. not talk about this because it's Ugh, it's yeah. tradition. It it is. <sighs> I thought we ended this with season one. Remember when we were gonna do seasons? <laughs> that idea hey remember when we lived in a society yeah remember when like i drove two minutes to your house to do the show we're still like four minutes away by car but we're doing it online (laughs) yeah well anyway uh so movie pass is somehow back in the news (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're back baby don't fucking the 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 beat don't stop the dop the dop fucking back so, from the grave for a fourth time <laughs> b- b- back again do, 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 guess who's do, back back do, back do. back again <laughs> shady's back helios Tell back, your friends. Back, back helios and matheson <laughs> so now, I have a question. What is, Joe, you have two syllables. It starts with movie and then ends with something else. And now it's, it lost its, it was popular, but also somehow lost its relevance in the past decade or the past two decades. What is it? Well... I would have to guess, based on my near encyclopedic knowledge, yes, of the famous sitcom Seinfeld. That's right. That it would have to be movie phone, my good friend, and movie pass. They both technically fit that description. <laughs> Made it wide enough. Um, but this is insane. I had no idea. Yeah. For, okay. So first of all, move the movie. Uh, movie Pass sold a movie phone. Um, recently, or, or rather, the uh, the owner of Movie Pass just sold movie phone for uh one point oh seven five million dollars as part of their bankruptcy proceedings. Right. Uh, and I had no idea. First of all, that movie phone even existed as mm-hmm. a concept, as an LLC, as a whatever. Um, well, I, I had yeah. no idea that there was a part of me that honestly sort of just thought it only existed within that Seinfeld episode. <laughs> Yeah. Also, let me be very clear. When I say encyclopedic knowledge of Seinfeld, I'm not kidding. Uh, Curb's a better show. I'm not. It's not even a meme. Like I, I. Curb's a better show, Joe. Deep, deep love for Seinfeld. Dude, that's so weird. You know what? This made me think about MySpace. Did you know that Rupert Murdoch purchased MySpace in 2005? 
It's true. That was the non-succession. <laughs> yeah. Don't Joe. Man, you know what? You know what's really on the up? <laughs> or cut. Oh <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wait, or cut was made by a guy named Orcut? <laughs> You have selected. Move on. Or cut. To move on. Press one now. I cannot? No, wait. I have to focus on this for a second. So for those that don't know, Orcut is a failed social network by, by that was owned by Google. It was failed, but it did really well in Brazil. Um, oh no. But yeah, so. What? Okay. Don't worry about it. This is made in like 2004, right? Okay, so I've, I've known about this. It was, like, kind of obscure, whatever. You know, there's there's some social networks that, like, a country or two use, you know, like, fucking Russia has one, China's got a bunch, blah, blah, blah. Orcut was it for uh, Brazil. It was managed by Google, blah, blah, blah. Right, but it was made by a guy named Orcut. Like, it was his name. Like, what if I just made a social network named Evan? I this actually kills me. There, there's there's other instances of this out there, and there isn't one that immediately jumps to mind. Um, but it's very it's very weird to me that anyone would name their product after themselves. The guy's you know what the worst part is the guy's a PM. <laughs> He's a product manager. No one should ever do this. Do not ever name <laughs> your product after yourself. I'm sorry. I just need. Anyways, let's fucking. <laughs> If, if you're not opening a fucking general store, don't yeah. name don't name your thing after yourself. Oh man, I I, I do wish Facebook was called Zuck.com though. The Zuck.com. No, and then and then he would and no, it would be called the Zuck. Um, and then fucking you know Sean Parker famously would come up to him and be like, "Remove the, it's just Zuck." So. <laughs> Part of their 2010 rebranding. <laughs> yep. Oh man. <laughs> okay. What else is there, Joe? All right. This was honestly one of the most just bizarre things I've I've seen right. all week. So I don't think it's bizarre. It, it's it's both not bizarre and wildly bizarre at the same time. Um. Mm -hmm. It it, it turned. I don't know. It turned my head. Um. Sure. So back at the start of last week, you probably saw at some point, especially if you're on Twitter a lot, like uh, Evan and I are, um, this weird thing going around where uh, ISPs were asking people to spend less time playing video games for some reason. That was um, such bullshit. That's not No one said odd. that. Um. Yeah, because no, because it wasn't real. Yeah, there was. There was no, no one source. actually said that. There was no source. There was just like some dude just wrote. There was this concept <laughs> that someone was being asked. This is this is a very common thing on Twitter. There, there's a yeah. concept that something happened, and then people talk yeah. about it a lot. And you, but you can never find a source, and then it's very hard yeah. to find like the concept in and of itself. And then you just get into weird conversation. Twitter politics is kind of like, Twitter you know, the meta. whole like meta you, Twitter you, is you, very interesting. <laughs> do you know, like that fucking what is it? The um, 
Do you know that phenomenon where people keep seeing like Jesus and toast? <laughs> That's so perfect. <laughs> That's what politics on Twitter is. Just someone wakes up one day and is like, I saw Jesus in my toast. And everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, no, that's Jesus, that's, all right. That's, that's Jesus right there. That's Jesus in my toast. Um, it's it's people just running around and like misinterpreting things, like Fibonacci numbers or whatever. But today it was. But what my my favorite part about the politics? Same scales on his arm. You can't tell okay. me that that was you, a coincidence. You can't tell me that I'm crazy. You're going to look at me right now and tell me I'm crazy? Um, <laughs> fucking, fucking, uh, see, the worst part is Joe just knew exactly where the what the fuck I was talking about. Yeah, no, don't, don't worry about you. it. Um, anyway, Anyways, the, so this, gonna... this actually happened. <laughs> right. This, so the, the thing that... by CNN yeah. business. Yes. A real story. All right. Yes. Basically, what happened, this is sourced by CNN. Um, this is the thing the European Union wanted to do, and that is essentially limit the bandwidth that streaming websites use. So, all right, think about this. Basically, everyone's home. Everyone's working from home. Everyone's streaming a lot of shit, right? So the thing that caught what, what takes the most traffic on the internet is streaming video, okay? Because... The the thing on Twitter was like, oh man, video games take up so much bandwidth, and literally everyone and like their mom was like, no, they don't, because it obviously video games don't actually take up that much data, because all you're doing is just communicating like locations and actions. For fucking streaming video, you are communicating like every fucking pixel, every like for twenty four frames per second, for hours, like. Streaming video is the most resource intensive thing you can do with a data connection. Um, and the problem is that like in times of crisis, um, it's hard to prioritize like a Zoom conference, like a fucking doctor telesurgery for Netflix. So the European Union was like, hey, streaming websites such as Netflix, can you please like lower your bandwidth right now can you make your stuff look shittier because if you do that we're gonna have way more data to work with because bandwidth is actually a pretty precious resource we don't have a lot of it um globally like the world fundamentally we don't really know if we're set up to sustain everyone's using the internet all the time like we don't know if that's good or we don't know if that's something that we can do right now here's the Um, absolutely like the thing that absolutely floored me about this um mm -hmm. so what it took um for us to finally have like our first ever compelling argument and only compelling argument uh Mm -hmm. for the ability for isps to inspect packets is a worldwide pandemic that caused yeah. every almost every single person with an internet connection to be using it concurrently. Right. This is the only valid argument against net neutrality I've ever seen in my life. This is like, it. It's like now is, yeah. we've come to the point where ISPs could possibly benefit from the ability to say, hey, look, this is Netflix and Amazon Prime. Give this a lower priority. 
but instead right. what they can do is they can just say hey netflix amazon youtube lower your packet size and they're like yeah mm-hmm. we can do that and look right. we've resolved the issue <laughs> right so net neutral so net neutrality can stay intact because the government has the ability to regulate the sources of the packets directly rather than have middlemen fucking manipulate the manipulate the the throughput of data because giving middlemen the ability to unconditionally manipulate the throughput of data can lead to some shaky shit later on um so maybe just give the government the ability to be like hey fucking uh iron chef isn't really important right now we're in a global pandemic make it like 720p instead of 4k yeah and and netflix will be like sure and it took less than 24 hours because like literally all you're doing is you're flipping a switch you're literally saying hey companies you'll can can what if you paid less money yeah and you look better what 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 if what if you just reduced <laughs> well, your costs significantly wise. for thirty days? Would that be okay? What if, and and what if you don't even get blamed for that? Because <laughs> it's you, all us. What if you saved a ton of money but still ca- but continued to make the same amount of money? What, what if you saved a ton of money, continued to make the same amount of money, instilled goodwill in your brand during the middle of a global crisis and ca- and had no repercussions whatsoever from your Meanwhile, customer base your because you weren't the ones doing it. in the middle of a recession? <laughs> like, okay, there's, there's no... Like, Disney literally went above and beyond. They're like, fuck it, we're not even launching in France now. Sure. Like, who gives a shit? Like... They're just like all the companies are like, yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah, it, no, it this, makes sense. This makes perfect sense. Um, sure. Um, I, I, I mean, I was about to say I'd be surprised if the United States doesn't do it too, but I don't think we're really going to be doing anything right uh, now. I don't, I don't know. So th- the other interesting thing is that you see things like um, the Netflix. So first of all, video accounts for about sixty percent of data delivered um over the internet so that shouldn't surprise anyone because video like you were saying before is just mm-hmm. an insane amount of data video is so much um, fucking data and like i i can only imagine that like um private consumer data like you or me at our mm-hmm. desktops that's got to be less than 10 percent um i i, oh, I yeah. would assume that a solid 30 I, I I would assume that a solid twenty to twenty five percent of that, at least, is just random enterprise shit traveling back uh, and forth. There's so much random enterprise shit going on right now. Um, so what I find interesting is, at least on my end, I have local network. Um, and is a lot of search, like. Overwatch servers have been fucked. Um, ex- yeah, I, I've I've noticed the same thing. Is a lot of a lot of game servers have been going. Um, have been having a lot of trouble. Well, because uh, I, I think I saw the numbers earlier. Uh, nationwide within the U.S., um, just the video games in general, like broad, really broad strokes, is up somewhere in the realm of 70 to 75 percent um mm-hmm. 
and that accounts for you know online games in general and right and of course services like discord have um lifted restrictions on uh a lot of their premium services so they've become supposedly increasingly unstable as they've taken on significantly more load but they've handled it remarkably well i think they went down for the first time earlier today and it was a really short outage yeah i'm shocked actually they've they've I wouldn't say Discord's like a network I would say that's known for their stability and like consistent uptime. To be fair, I don't think any like messaging app outside of like Facebook Messenger is like Slack goes down a bunch, fucking Discord, everything. But they've been doing a good job. Yeah, um, um, I, I think they've had I'm better shocked. uptime than usual almost. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, which I'd hope so, but it's not like you can't really reasonably expect it when your fucking user base suddenly increases by double suddenly and everyone's working from home that like your uptime's better, but they've managed to with like increased video throughput, but they've managed to do it. So honestly, props to them. Like that's some really fucking good scaling. I would be interested to see like how much their uh ser- like services like Discord how much their server load like actually increased what? though because what? I would predict yeah. that it maybe didn't increase as much as um a lot of people might have expected because given I don't think the fact it that it is sort of like an asynchronous tool mm-hmm. um people tend to use it throughout the day anyway I would imagine a lot of people are using it at work anyway. So now that they're home, I would I would assume that their patterns haven't changed a ton. Um, And I would imagine that not a ton of people are leveraging this extra um, amount of space within the voice channels and extra amount of space within the video channels. Well, okay. what I find weird about Discord, so Discord, yeah, did the extra uh, Oh, what was it? I think they did uh, additional uh, the ability to share your desktop to more people. Yeah. So I think they increased the limit from like 10 people to 50 people or something like that. So the re- what which is weird because Discord isn't a communication tool designed for work. And they're also not a communication tool that is trying is to pick up that market share. Like, it's definitely used like that, though. Right, but I like, again, like here's the here's I the can issue confirm though. Confirm for certain that not only is it used like within um like the esports industry and stuff like that, but it's also used uh just like out in smaller professional industries. I know I, I, I can actually speak to um at least one local news station I know of that mm-hmm. actually does use it to coordinate it between their um on air reporters and their uh out in the field reporters right but here's what i don't get so disc well i think honestly i mean they're probably just doing it because it's the right thing to do a shocker in the tech industry (laughs) but um (laughs) most what's happening right now is you see all the telepresence tools doing stuff for two reasons reason number one it's the right thing to do so like slack and teams and a bunch of companies right are all saying like our shit's free right now you know, like use Zoom all you want, use Slack all you want. Um, and, you know, that's the right thing to do. People are working from home, offering these tools for like making business and making money 
off these tools right now and increasing your profits like tremendously is kind of a shit move. Like it's going to be looked on like you're profiting off the epidemic. So it makes sense to do this. But it also has the side effect of drawing more people into your product. Right. The key thing and, right here yeah. is that what you're doing is more than anything else is you're establishing a story on social media, uh, I think. Mm. And I, I think that's the key to what a lot of services, especially like Discord, are doing. Uh, they're out there and they're like, hey, look, free things. Just take them, use them. Um, whether you stay or not, now you see that we are a positive company. You associate us as being like humans instead of right. faceless corporation. Right. What it also does, though, is that tools are hard to change. Habits are hard to break. And what people use right now to communicate with working from home is what they're probably going to stick with once it all settles down. Yeah. So these companies now are all all have to do this because they all are trying to fight for new market share they've never had before, because now it's no longer an option. Teams is teams and Slack and fucking discord and zoom and all this shit no longer uh, a nice thing to have it's a necessity you need it well this is so it's gonna be interesting to see who comes out on top this is literally like uh th this is like if the streaming wars like if if a whole new country popped up and now yeah. hulu and netflix have to fight it out for who becomes the dominant streaming platform in that country. Like Joe, that's post World War II Germany. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, right. Can I I'd like to tell you a little story about a nice little town called East Berlin. <laughs> I mean Yeah, that's that's how it works. It's a fucking battle for Africa, dude. Like this is what this is the fucking we're we're, we're in a land grab war where everyone's just rushing to grab market share. Um, but I'm, I'd like to, I, I don't think that's the reason they did it. I think the reason they did it is again, primarily like you have, it, you can't profit off this right now. You cannot do that. It just looks shitty. Yeah. No. Um, so that's that. But anyways, Joe, there's one last, it, it, we, we've been going pretty, pretty long cause we haven't done one of these in a bit. Yeah. This but is there's one more thing to talk about oh there is one more thing to talk about all right um so let's let's at least talk about um so, so we've got new ipads we've got uh we've got the new macbook air um yes the new macbook air is basically the new macbook air like it's it's by this one it's i don't know i don't care it's a thousand dollars, baby. Yeah. So it's a. Th I think that what they've basically done is just made the old MacBook Air again. Um, doesn't this have the Magic Keyboard? It does have the Magic Keyboard. Um, that, so it's got the Magic Keyboard. It's a thousand. It's, to care, I think. Yep, it's just Magic Keyboard. So Magic Keyboard's back, which means that now the only um, computer that Apple sells that does not have the uh, Magic Keyboard is the 13-inch MacBook Pro, mm -hmm. which is a weird hole in their lineup. So I, I expect that to be fixed within the next few months. Here's my thing. I don't understand why you buy the MacBook Air. Uh, oh, I know why. You're you're a professional writer and you're you don't want an iPad. But you're someone a, who 
At $1,000, why do you not get a pro? Um, at $1,000, why do you not get a pro? Touch bar? Does the Air have the touch bar? Uh, no. Do all the pros not have the touch bar at this point? All, all the pros come with a touch bar now. Wait, uh, are you saying you get the Air because you don't want the touch bar? Yeah. Okay, that that's a dumb reason to get the air. No. So um, the <laughs> so so what you're saying is that you sp- is that you spend a thousand dollars on a worse computer because you don't want something. So you did that. Um, <laughs> like I, I'm very confused. I I okay. I think you're kind of half right. Um, I think that I just don't see a reason to spend a thousand dollars on a sig on a substantially worse computer when for, I I mean, if you're going to spend a thousand dollars, you may as well just spend the sixteen hundred dollars. Is the air not even thinner? Uh, I I cannot imagine you can get much thinner. Um, so, well, the, what I think is going to happen is so if you get a new Mac, it's going to start fucking bending like so there are i think there are the replacement for the 13 inches macbook pro is going to come out right so the replacement for the so keep in mind the air is 12 inches not 13 so it's actually smaller um the replacement for the 13 inch macbook pro is going to come out it's probably going to be a 14 inch screen right um the because they're just going to do the same thing they did with the 15 inch turn it into a 16 by just shrinking the bezels and making the screen screen a little bigger um the old magic keyboard's going to come back and that's going to make the macbook pro bigger mm-hmm. the air really didn't get bigger the pro is going to get thicker again because like that was the whole point of the butterfly keyboard was like let's see how thin we can make this fucking thing and now putting the magic keyboard back in is gonna the, with the scissor switches and everything is going to make the laptop a little bit thicker probably so w- why would you get the air cheaper it's the entry level MacBook. Like, that's it. Why would you get an iPad Air over an iPad Pro? Like, it's $300 more. And the answer is it's $300 more. Like, that's a lot to people. Um, See, you, if here's you want. The thing, though, like, the difference there is like $300 versus mm-hmm. $700. Like, right. if you're spending $300 on something, fine. Now, now you've doubled your price. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you're spending a thousand dollars on a PC, yeah, that's you've entered sort of a I, I in my head anyway, you've entered a different realm where well, now sixteen hundred dollars doesn't look so unreasonable. I mean, that's fair. Um, it, it doesn't look so unreasonable for for us, but we also spend our entire lives on these things. Um, I I think that then the current the new air doesn't really make that much sense in the current lineup. The the air basically the MacBook Air still exists as a product category because of like Walt Mossberg's rambling. Um like what I'm that's it. Is I think I think um I think Apple needs to redefine what the air is, and I think they need to lower the price. I I think they are, they already did a, lower the price. A thousand dollars is not an entry level laptop. Eight hundred dollars for is Apple it is. Of, $800 is probably an When entry has price. Apple made an, a laptop for $800? I think they need to. I mean, I don't think they will ever. Um I think they're like they're they're Joe, I'm going to I'm going to do the most Craig Federighi response ever. They do have an entry level laptop for $800. Uh 
It's called the iPad Air with keyboard. I was gonna say, it's called the iPad. <laughs> it's called the iPad Air with the keyboard with the, with smart keyboard. That's oh. it. Like speaking of that. All right. Yeah. Let's let's get into it because the the new iPad. <laughs> so there's new iPads, um, but yes. more importantly, there is a new keyboard, and the new keyboard includes a trackpad. A so ios 13.4 that's right yep 13.4 it comes out tomorrow doesn't it oh shit the 24th i mean i already have it i downloaded i I put the beta profile on my ipad Uh, because what dude it comes out fucking tomorrow uh so ios 13.4 comes out tomorrow um and it will include it will include uh trackpad and mouse support yes Um, that includes third-party mice by the way uh it does for ipads i need to test that uh and (laughs) first of all in the apps that it supports gorgeous i i mean truly i i spectacular wait have Uh, you given it a shot yet no i've just been watching other people use it okay i i've been trying not to install the betas on my ipad well, it's not a beta anymore. So, like, what they, what, how Apple works with the beta channels is about a week before the, 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 I was about to say the game. I need to go back to playing Half Life. Yeah, they freeze the release before. Half Joe, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, and I'm, I'm about to go back to playing the Half Life game that came out today. Think about that. <laughs> I mean, I watched Outbreak the other night. Uh. Yeah, you did. But, um, anyways, the fucking, Basically, what I was saying is the beta profile gives you beta updates, but usually it also gives you the real Goldmaster like update the week before. So I'm on this iOS 13.4 that's coming out tomorrow. Like I'm on that version. It's not ready. (laughs) We there needs to be a real discussion um, about the quality of software that Apple. It's not quality like the software is fine it's doing its job the problem is that apple loves mystery hardware reveals and it fucks up everything every time apple's mystery hardware reveals no that's that's exactly the thing that comes down to a quality control thing because they decided to do a mystery hardware reveal that's fine, but then they can't release that software update seven mm-hmm. days later. Yeah, like they so, literally you cannot do that. Well, because there, now yeah. no one supports it. There's no apps that support it. It doesn't right. work on anything. So let me explain what it's like when it doesn't work. Okay, so how well, how explain, the trackpad works? Hold on, explain yeah. what it's like when it works first, because right. it actually is magnificent. When it works. And when you use it in an app that's optimized for it, it's the fucking future. So let me explain the whole concept of this. So in 1980-whatever, Steve Jobs stole a Xerox product and turned it into the Mac OS. (laughs) And and what happened was, and then also, like, you know, Microsoft stole at the same time. Everyone basically copied Xerox. It was fine. Who cares? You think like Xerox has printers, let everyone else have computers. So you have the mouse. Now, the thing about the mouse as like an interface concept is it stays basically the same. 
when you hover it, there's there's like multiple states that you see the mouse in. The mouse is in the like, you know, pointing at something. You can see it like with the the little like finger, which indicate when you're hovering over a link or a button, which indicates you can click this. And then there's probably one other thing like the loading indicator, which indicates you can't click anything. Um, the mouse otherwise is pretty static. You know, there's a lot of things that can be clicked. Um, there's also, oh yeah, there's also like the text field indicator, right? What the, so the mouse on the iPad, how it works is it's a circle, right? It's a little circle, basically kind of like a finger. Um, and when you click something, it simulates a touch. However, what makes it so fucking brilliant is that it snaps to objects in the interface. Now that sounds like it's a horrible idea, but it's executed brilliantly. So like what happens is when you slide it over a button, it will like highlight, it turns from a circle into like a rounded square that highlights the entirety of that button and moving your trackpad left and right, right? Will actually like scroll it in that row of buttons when you are like moving on uh, moving the cursor in like a plane of text it actually is like snapped to that line of text rather than just this this mouse that can go like a pixel above or two pixels below and that makes like text manipulation so much easier that makes like everything greater and what i think is this is absolutely incredible for sm for trackpads with very small surface areas, which is what they're releasing now, because like the new iPad looks like a fucking Microsoft surface. <laughs> like it's a surface. It's got a trackpad, a small trackpad, like in front of the keyboard. Yeah, it's basically Here's the, the opposite of the MacBook Pro trackpad, yeah. which is yeah. the size of a like small landing strip. Yeah, the uh, the, the, the MacBook <laughs> <laughs> the MacBook trackpad's the size of a small landing strip now. You could land and it's like, incredible. You, you could land like a medium-sized helicopter on it. And the whole the whole reason the whole way that it works is Apple doing some little software wizardry and kind of just figuring out, hey, when you're typing, don't listen to me because I'm your your hands are gonna be resting here. Um so it's the the iPad one's a lot smaller, so you're gonna have less precision than with like a desktop trackpad or a laptop trackpad. So the whole idea of snapping onto things is fucking brilliant. It looks so good and it works so well. In the apps that are updated to use it, <laughs> which is right now Apple's default apps. So let's talk about Apple's update process. Ready, Joe? Uh, do we have to? <laughs> Yes. I hate yes, Apple's we do. update process. So let me talk about Apple's update process. Apple has two major events every year. WWDC, which is canceled and is now an online event. Um, and the iPhone reveal event in September. We can always say that those two events will happen. And they have every year, forever. What happens is Apple re re reveals the new version of iOS in june they reveal it in june and it releases in september along the new iphone that they announced the week before um now the new iphone is usually built and designed to 
to run the new iOS, or rather the new iOS is designed around the new iPhone. Always. So, um, but there's one catch. The new iPhone is not revealed for three months after the OS update, which means that Apple tries to hide a lot of shit that the new iPhone can do in the iOS beta, which they have to give to devs. The problem being, let's say you have this revolutionary new feature, okay? Let's say you build an iPhone that does something no other phones can do, like the tech, the pressure of your finger when you push on the screen. That's a feature that devs need to know about <laughs> before you release the phone. Otherwise, when everyone buys the phone, no one's going to use it <laughs> because no one's written anything for it. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, basically what I'm trying to say is Apple keeps their hardware shit a secret even when, in order to make the most use out of it, developers need to optimize their apps for it before the thing fucking launches. Right. And 3D it, Touch did that. The problem is, and not not only does it hamper like immediate development mm -hmm. of or immediate adoption of this feature, but it kind of has just this trickle down effect of everyone's just like, well, it it almost has a Netflix like effect of mm -hmm. well, it's always there, so I'll get to it eventually, and everyone's like, well, so and so hasn't adopted it, and so and so hasn't adopted it, and so and so, and it, mm -hmm. it's just this just this network of disastrous non-adoption. And so you have all these incredible hardware features that become a part of these pro products that you never see. And that's what happened to 3D Touch. Yep. Um, and the problem is, okay, so back to the trackpad thing. Because Apple just revealed a, a feature that would be great to be optimized for something like Microsoft Word. But Microsoft Word as of the as of this recording is not optimized for it. Maybe they're going to release an update tomorrow. Maybe they've collaborated with a handful of like top devs and we're like, "Hey, we're doing this. Like make sure this is working tomorrow." And then tomorrow when that when it comes out, there's going to be a handful of updates and stuff's going to work. But as of right now for my testing, when you're in Microsoft Word, the cursor doesn't change, nothing snaps. And it's probably not Microsoft's fault because they had probably had no idea that this was happening. Um, and like Microsoft, Microsoft Office is the app for a trackpad. Like that is like if you had to pick one group of apps to make sure your trackpad works with on day one. Um, with like the snapping and the cursor changing and everything, it would probably be Office. Um, because right now, every time, you, whenever you hover over anything, it still just shows the circle. It doesn't even show like the little cursor snapping thing when you're like hovering over the document. Um, however, the nice thing is at least two finger scroll works everywhere. Two finger scroll works everywhere. You don't need your app to be updated for that. Uh, snapping onto text, snapping onto buttons. Your app needs to be updated for that. I'm so, so you're just gonna have this weird dual class. It's frustrating. I again, it's like, you know. The thing with most tech companies, and it's just the big tech companies at this point. This is there's, such an there's, Apple thing, though. Yeah, it is. Like th it's, this is not this is this is not a problem that other other hardware companies have. 
Right. Well, I mean, it, it's not a, it's not a it's not no other hardware company has the same problem. Um, well, most other hardware companies work with the developers in some capacity, at least to the extent that they well, reach out to their largest app developers. I mean, no other hardware company controls what Apple controls on their fucking like Apple is a hardware and software company. They build software that interacts only with their hardware and they build hardware that interacts only with their software. Apple doesn't it, it like no other company has that relationship. You know, um, like Google and Microsoft and a bunch of other companies have tried to build that relationship. Right. But like no other company has it. And um, that makes it a little different. You know, I mean, it, you, you have to think like what it, what other company could this have applied to? Like what other company could even make this mistake? Yeah, that that's that's fair. There there really is no other there's no other situation where this really could occur. Um but even with it remains it remains a serious issue and it it's going to prevent uh the iPad from ever really achieving I think Apple's ultimate goal. If they really want it to be a true laptop replacement, then they have to work directly with developers. There's no way around it. Like if if this support isn't there on day one, and users don't see it on day one, then they're not going to purchase it. Like without that without that day oh, one hype, it becomes really difficult to um to regain that attention. Oh, for sure. Um. wasn't a problem until recently not because they didn't do this but because their features weren't like features that needed developers in order to be good right like okay they could hide the fucking touch id face id that doesn't matter that's abstracted devs don't really use that and devs didn't need to use that in order for it to be a useful feature to like my mom but um force touch 3d touch I don't like name a person over 50 who doesn't write for Vox media, who knows they existed. <laughs> like do it right now. Like fucking tweet at me and be like, yeah, man, my, my baby boomer parents like fucking are pissed, pissed that it got removed from the, that, that 3d touch, their favorite feature got removed from the iPhone 11. Like they, <laughs> Man, like they got so furious when they couldn't like pop in their emails. Listen, don't don't joke about 3D touch. I'm still upset about 3D touch. Dude, I I got over it in a week. I'm to this day, I am mourning the loss of 3D touch. It was a and it was an incredible concept. It was, it was a it was an astounding it was concept. God, God. It was a genius concept. I loved 3D. God, I, I used 3D touch so much. Oh my God, I loved 3D touch. Why won't they bring 3D touch back? Your MacBook can fucking force touch. I know. I, I use it so much. Really? Yeah. What do you do? Like you just literally like click in to do the second click thing and you're like, man, I need that word to find, fucker. Like Well, it's great for inspecting links. 
Oh, yeah. Isn't that a thing you do with like two finger push in? Yeah. Oh, my God. It is. Uh. the gr- It is. It is honestly the greatest feature. And I wish every operating system had it. Mm hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I love 3D touch. All right. Um, we've gone super long tonight, uh, but it was lots of Apple well news. Worth it. God, lots of Corona so news. Apple heavy lots of curls. well because i bought a home pod and new ipads came out of course it's gonna be fucking apple heavy well maybe one day one of us will buy an android phone <laughs> <laughs> think about that for a second think about that oh man yeah i it's not likely all right um <laughs> make a pixel watch and i'll consider it unironically if you want to follow Evan on Twitter, it's at Evan Extreme. Follow me on but Twitter, you don't. at Pitpith, P-I-T-H-P-I-F-T-H. Uh, the, ho- the show is HomePod Squad. Email us, HomePodDefenseSquad at gmail.com. Our website we check is that? Zune.rocks. We should check that email. We should. Has anyone emailed us? Uh, I, uh, let me check. Uh, I'll, I'll check after this. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing in the show? Alright, we will see you guys next week with uh, more quarantined goodness. Adios. Stay safe. I can't end this. I can't think of a good outro. (laughs) Ever. Still nothing? Nope.